are glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Words in Proverbs. Proverbs is a unique book. Very practical. And I figure on Wednesday night, it's a good time for some practical instruction from God's Word. What's great about God's Word, it covers every facet of life. Uh, Unlike the rest of the world, this is truth. So it gives us not only instruction for heaven, instruction on how to live for the Lord, instruction on how to live. And uh, so so I've been preaching different words. This one, uh, I've prayed about different ones. This is the one I felt led to be preaching on tonight. So let Proverbs chapter 6, and let's stand if you're able. You just sit down, I know, but uh, as you read from the Word of God here tonight. Start with verse 4. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet little sleep, little slumber, little folding the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Lord, thank you for the word tonight uh, as we look at this many passages dealing with this uh, this area tonight. Lord, give us un- understanding, give us instruction, and most of all, I pray the Holy Spirit would guide my mouth and my thoughts to preach exactly what we need to hear tonight. Thank you for these good people giving the opportunity to, to preach the word tonight. And I pray you'd be with our pastor and and family there that's in Mexico, just bless their time there. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I pastored, started a church in Longview, Washington many years ago. I was there 18 years. There's one thing about western Washington, they get a lot of what? Rain, yeah. Being raised in Kansas, that was a little, quite a different climate. Climate. But I remember in the spring one time looking out in my backyard and it was completely covered with slugs. You couldn't hardly see the grass for the slugs. How many have ever touched a slug? Nasty thing. Do you have slugs around here? We, I, I don't, I, I've, I've, I've never seen them in Kalispell, you know, fortunately. You know, they are the nastiest little things and they pour salt on them, of course, they shrivel up, you know. Uh, they move so slowly, it's hard to distinguish. But if you touch them, they leave behind this sticky, gooey film you can't get off. I mean, you have to wash your hands five or six times before you finally get that stuff off of you. <clears throat> I mean, Coca-Cola and gasoline will take it off, but that's about it, you know. That is why... The characteristics described by God of one who is lazy 
he calls him a sluggard. I thought, when I first saw slugs in Washington, I began to understand that's a perfect illustration. Uh, Their movements are so slow, it's hard to see any production. That's how it is with a lazy person. And they leave everybody around them with anger, frustration, and suffer from their, I would call it, gooeyness of a lazy person, you know. If you hang around them too much, sad to say their laziness will rub off on you. It's sad to see since our government uh, during the COVID and since have resorted to promoting laziness with the populace. Unemployment, government checks. I mean, a guy go. that's why he can't get work yet. They can go work three weeks and then get six months of unemployment. I mean, all that's is promoting laziness, you know. According to an article I read in the Washington Examiner, it says, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 85.9 million adults last month didn't want a job. This was back in June, okay? Or 93% of all adults in the labor force, or 28.5% of men said they didn't want a job. No wonder there's signs up everywhere for need help, you know. It's pretty sad. And if they do get a job, then they'll call in sick all the time or they won't work if they're there. And when they work, they take no pride in their work. You say, well, preacher, I didn't come here tonight to get depressed. Now, just bear with me. We're, I'm going somewhere. Solomon, as king, had to deal with many problems. In fact, he led and judged Israel and probably saw his share of lazy people. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, and it caused him probably as a king unnecessary judgment problems. You know, work solves a lot of problems in society and in homes. Just a simple old-fashioned W-O-R-K. Work remedies idleness, and that's an abundant breeding ground for breeding ground for fleshly lusts, and also work keeps us from many temptations. It's an important thing. You say, preacher, are you saying we're all a bunch of lazy folk? No, I'm not. I'm just helping us. I think God's trying to help us understand in the book of Proverbs the importance of doing the best you can in all you do for the Lord. The Bible, I wish our government had adopt this. It probably ought to be hung up in, the, in Congress. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, If any would not work, neither should he eat. (laughs) Pretty clear statement, wouldn't you say? Yes, what about people with disabilities? Well, the Bible talks about that. People always bring that up when they don't want to work, you know. So, yeah, hard work is not the solution for all things, but it is a solution for most things. As a Christian... We should be the hardest and best of workers. Amen? I mean, it's a testimony. It reflects upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You say, so what are the warnings if laziness tries to creep up in me? I mean, what can be done? What does God warn us about such character? Well, let's look here in verse 4. 
Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a robe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. You know, hard work can deliver you, can, can deliver you from false accusation. Right. When problems develop at home or in the workplace, the one that works hard is usually not the one that's blamed. He says, deliver yourself as a roll from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. If you have a lazy child at home, most of the problems at home revert back to them. I mean, it just happens. And so you look at them first. That's just a natural inclination because if you're a hard worker, likely you're not going to be accused. At a workplace, the lazy guy is always looking for others to pass the blame. Maybe you work at a place like that where there's some lazy people. But the boss is no dummy. He knows too well who the lazy people are. I remember working, when I was starting the church in Washington, I worked at a cabinet factory. The, a lot of stories I give there, but the owner was a Christian, Barry. I kind of came in when he was really, factory was growing, and so he, you know, I was a pa- the pastor, and so he was good to me. In fact, he let me work hours around. If I had a meeting or anything to go to, he'd let me off, and if, if one of the workers were having trouble or had trouble at home, he'd take me in one of the offices and let me lead him to Christ and show him the Bible and answers, you know, so counsel. But uh, he had a foreman there. There was a mezzanine. There was about 200 employees in this cabinet place. And there was a mezzanine above the offices. I had built that, actually, and I stored some of my supplies for maintenance. And so I went up there to get some maintenance, and there was the foreman up there hiding behind some of my stuff, looking down on the workers. I go, what are you doing? He says, come here, Dan. He says, look at the bird's eye view. He says, I can see who the lazy people are. And I mean, and they wonder how I know. It's because I sneak up here and watch them, you know. So the boss is no dummy. He knows who the lazy people are. If you're a good worker, just doing your best. Now listen to me. You may make mistakes. How many have made mistakes? Hey, guess what? We're all sinners, okay? Uh, You make mistakes. But if you're doing your best, they'll overlook those mistakes. They'll say, hey. I understand. They make mistakes too. Um, When my dad was a young man, people would move up in the company that were the smartest and the most talented because everybody worked. It's a different generation now. If you work, you'll move up in the company. They can't find people like that. It's pretty sad, but it's very true, you know. Uh, Work can help you find fulfillment in life. One who wants to sleep all the time is unhappy with life. They're not happy people. James Lovell said this, Thank God every morning when you get up, they have something to do that day which must be done, whether you like it or not. I thought, well said. And so I think every morning we ought to ask ourselves, do I want my life to matter? Can I continue to... Contribute to someone's needs in some way with my labors. And ask yourself, God is watching and shouldn't I do my best for the Lord? Amen?
James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what, you know? Sin, yeah. Verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. So, you know, want to help us in our labor, go watch an anthill. When I was a young and raised in Kansas, we had big anthills, red ants. And I mean, I, I, I was telling one brethren back here, I was a pyromaniac. I loved firecrackers and stuff. And 4th of July, we, me and this other neighbor would go, we'd find a big, I mean, an anthill's big as here to that wall there, and we'd go shoot fireworks and blow up those ants. I mean, they'd get mad and try to sting us because, uh, you know, those red ants are pretty good at biting you. But they didn't really pay as much attention to us as to their work. We'd blow up their section, and immediately they'd go back and all start repairing it. Pretty amazing creatures. Think about it. One of the tiniest creatures on earth can teach us. I don't think God made any creation that doesn't have an example or a testimony or an illustration for us in life. The old preacher Charles Bridges said this, What a proof it is of the declaration of the fall that man created in the image of God and made wiser than the creation should be sent to the insignificant school of instruction. Ants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's some simple things we should notice about them to help us learn to be the best we can for the Lord in our work. Number one, he says they have no guide. They don't need a guide to tell them how to work. They don't need a foreman. They just do their work. Don't you think that ought to be said of us? Those people, they just do the work. I don't have to worry about foreman and have to watch them. They don't need an overseer. They don't need a foreman to make sure they're doing their work. They're responsible. You know, as Christians, we have one person we need to help us do our best, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Don't you think it reflects upon the Lord how you work? Amen? And they have no ruler. They don't need someone to be accountable to, these ants. They will do the work. And they obey God in being the provider for the family. Say, the ants obey God? Yes, God made them. They obey God. They do what they're supposed to do. You know, being a good worker, being a good worker at home or on a job or what is, whatever it is, is simply being an obedient servant to Christ. The children here tonight, your responsibility is to do your work and your chores. Well, I don't want to do it, Mom. Well, Jesus wants you to do it. And your responsibility is to obey God. Amen? <laughs> this sounds weird. Try to picture yourself a slug. Okay? If you try to picture yourself a slug, I don't know about you, I think I'd rather be a worker <laughs> than a slug. Amen? Okay. 
King David said this. He says, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Don't believe these people that stand along the roadside and holding up signs and say, I love Jesus. I knew, uh, could you give me something? No, they're not Christians. Christians don't do that. They work. Especially these days, there's plenty of jobs. I want to have a sign I hold up in my car when they back. I go back to that job in the sign back there in that store, you know, anyway. But as Christians, there's, you know, there's two different things we should notice about ants to help us. Number one, prudence. They use caution and exercise and sound judgment in whatever task is given them. Consider her ways and be wise. We can at least be wiser than a little bitty ant. If it's too big, what do, what do the ants do if it's too big? You know? They get help. Yeah, and they work as team. Well, that's pretty smart. Well, they're smarter than you thought they were, aren't they? They share their food underground. I mean, they know how to do the right thing. They also have forethought. They don't wait until things are desperate. Well, the snow's flying. We better get some food. We're going to be starving this winter. No, they've been working all summer. Got it stored up ready. They provided her meat in the summer, the Bible says. They give 100% when the weather permits. Verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands of sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Something to remember, especially young people, lazy people end up in poverty. You say, well, the government provides you. Yeah, well, they still end up in poverty. You know, sleep is necessary. I'm not saying don't sleep. But sleep doesn't produce anything. I, you know, get your eight hours, ten hours sleep, what it is, but get to work when the, time's, when the time of sleep is over. According to sleep doctors, listen to this, an average adult needs between 7.5 and 8 hours of sleep per night. But many people can function with six hours of sleep. Children require more, but if you're an adult, grow up. Amen? <laughs> so that's not very nice, preacher. Well, is there such a thing as sleeping too much? Listen to this. Sleep doctors say this. This is cool. Oversleeping has been linked to a host of medical problems, diabetes, heart disease, and increased risk of death. Two other factors, depression and low socioeconomic status are strongly associated with oversleeping. I thought sleep was so good for me. Well, okay, it is good for you, but not too much. You know, a high percentage of those in poverty don't work. Not all of them, but a high percentage, especially in this country. They're involved with lazy or drugs or alcohol or gambling or whatever. Uh, But 
listen, when you're lazy, it causes everything in life to be going out and nothing coming in. I like the illustration. You know, God's word is amazing. He says, as one that traveleth. How many like to go on vacation? It's great. But can you do it all your life? What's the biggest problem on vacation when you're traveling somewhere? It's all going out. There's nothing coming in. I mean, you know, buying food, places to sleep, uh, going to maybe some amusement park. Everything is spending out. There's, There's nothing coming in. And that's what he says. A lazy person is just like a traveler. It's all going out, nothing coming in. And it causes you to live a life of constant want. He says you'll be thy want as an armed man. You know, what does he mean by that? A soldier in battle has to go without a lot of things. I mean, you can eat those, what do you call those things in the packages? MRIs? MREs, okay, MRI, that's another thing, okay. MREs, you can eat those things, but it's not something I look forward to. It, my wife's a great cook. I'm glad she don't cook MREs, okay. I want to, I like a, you know, and so an armed man out there, he, there's, there's, you know, he can't go to the store. He's sitting in a bunker, you know. And he, he says, so that's, what he's illustrating is, that's what lazy people They're always in want. God made us to be workers. Amen. In fact, I've found through the years as a pastor, even in good and bad economic times, sometimes it's the guy can't work and it's an economic thing. They want a job. They can't get a job. There's nothing out there. And I I listen to me say, a man especially, he's to provide for the family. And I've seen them... They have more mental problems and depression than I've ever seen because they're not made to be like that. They're made to work. And that's how God made us. And I'm glad he did. And if you're lazy, verse 12. (laughs) A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. Oh, shoot. Wrong. Chapter 26. I'm sorry. I thought this isn't right. Chapter 26 of Proverbs and verse 12. Twenty six verse twelve. He says, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. The slothful man saith, This is a crack up, there's a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men can render a reason. <laughs> you know you know what happens if you want to live a lazy life? You live a life making excuses. Yep. And those excuses, he's fooling no one but himself with the excuses. He's wise in his own conceit. That's what he's saying, you know. The Hebrew word for conceit means I. Okay. In other words, he's wise in his own eyes, but not in other people's eyes. <laughs> Everybody can see, you know, they can see through it. 
You see, conceit is a consequence of one who is lazy. Say, what do you mean, preacher? See, a lazy person, life is all about them. I need, I want, give me, give me. A worker is about others. You know, Jesus, remember, he illustrated to his disciples to be servants. And that's 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 the happy life, is being a servant. You know, my son-in-law preached a message many years ago. I heard he, he talked about there's three kinds of people. There's masters, there's servants, and there's Pharisees. <laughs> and... Uh, I want to be the servant. How about you? You know, the excuses these people give are always ridiculous. And it's funny. You know, there's a lion in the streets. Oh, yeah, right. You know, and uh, I can't go to work today because there's, there's a lion out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, got a, you got a better one you can come up with? You know, all it takes to look out the window and see there isn't a lion in the streets. I don't see one, so I guess we can go to work. Oh, you didn't see. He's hiding around the corner waiting on us. Anyway. In other words, they're fooling no one but themselves. That kind of life is empty and depressing. That's what he says. As a door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it to his mouth. I don't know about you. I just read this, I get depressed. (laughs) Yeah, they expend more energy coming up with excuses than they do getting work, you know. And so God made us to be workers. You will not find happiness in following our fleshly desires. The old expression, take it easy, enjoy life. I enjoy life serving. Okay? If a person isn't productive, think about this. Then fears, doubt, Depression and mental disorders all surface. He says, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy one as an armed man, as we look back in the previous passage. You know, we talk about the slug, but God also compares it to a sloth, laziness. Eleven times in Proverbs, he compares laziness to a sloth. I did some study on a sloth. Some people have sloths for pets. That's weird. Anyway, the sloth takes 30 days to digest a leaf. (laughs) The sloth is the slowest mammal on earth. They sleep about 15 to 18 hours a day hanging upside down. That would depress me there alone. Okay. They have about half as much muscle tissue as other animals of similar weight. And they mostly move, if they move, at one half to one foot a minute. (laughs) It can take them 30 days. Wait, okay, I get that. They can actually starve on a full stomach (laughs) for they don't like the cold and so they won't. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's pretty sad. But the the comparison, 
God says, that's what a lazy person's like, a sloth. What a waste of love that God gave us. It's quite a statement about a lazy person. For God's comparison with animal life can be humiliating. The sloth, the slug. (laughs) So how do you correct this? You know, if, if you struggle with these areas, I'm not picking on you tonight. I'm just doing what God laid out, and I hope I'm helping young people to understand. Because I know there's always some people that struggle with these things. So how do you correct it? Number one, view laziness as a sin, because that's what it is. It affects the whole man. It affects the purpose God has for your life. It affects your family, your health, your spiritual life, your attitude. Uh, so view it as it is. It's a sin. Second thing, allow it no time to become deeply rooted in your life. If it tries to raise his ugly head, ask forgiveness to God, and get to work. You know? Third thing, resist laziness in all forms. Amen? I mean, bodily... Mentally, spiritually, James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So don't let the devil use that. But, you know, hey, it's flesh. Flesh, and hey, flesh is it ever satisfied? If you give in, it's just going to want more. Okay. And then number four, Live by rule or by a schedule. I knew a preacher many years ago that said he he, he got saved later in life. He'd been lazy. He said I was lazy, you know. And he says, or I went to school. The the pastor at Bible college, the pastor was of the church there. He he says, you know, I can't seem to get anything done. I, I fight laziness all my life. And, and I need to learn, if I'm going to be in the ministry, I'm going to learn how to be the right kind of worker for the Lord. And so the preacher told him, he says, okay, I want you to go home and write down what you're going to do every 15 minutes of 24 hours a day for the next seven days. He looked at him and he goes, every 15, what if I'm sleeping? Write down you're sleeping. What if I'm eating? Write down you're eating. What if I'm taking a shower? Write down you're taking a shower. He says, Every 15 minutes, and he says, we're gonna, and then bring it to me, and we're going to see where the gaps are. And he said, boy, did that reveal a whole problem. <laughs> he saw all this wasted time that God could have used, and uh, it changed his life, you know. You know, this is a very practical message. I understand this tonight. We need some practical things for living, do we not? I mean, God, the Lord Jesus talked about a lot of practical things to his disciples. See, the world, they need to observe how a Christian lives. We need to be testifying and tell people about Jesus. I'm not saying we don't. I'm not that lifestyle evangelism. But I'm saying hard work verifies that you're for real. I've reached bosses for Christ because I did my best. Did I make mistakes? Of course I did. But I did my best. I've reached people at work 
that uh, and say, what's, how come, man, you don't work all the time. Well, I'm, that's what they're paying me to do. Good hard work will remedy much of your Christian's testimony and your weaknesses to temptation. Think about the faithful servants in God's word that were hard workers. I'd say Noah was a pretty hard worker. <laughs> How about Abraham? How about Moses? Good night. Joshua. Samuel. David. Solomon. Elijah. Peter. I mean, the list. Paul. I mean, it's all through the Bible. God didn't look around and say, well, that guy's not doing anything. I'll put him to work. No. In fact, you look at Elisha. When God called Elisha, he, he'd been plowing the oxen out there. <laughs> you know, uh, does hard work get us to heaven? No. That's <laughs> a, you know, only through the blood of Jesus Christ we go to heaven. But it should be an active character in the every believer's life. You know, you may have no greater opportunity to be a witness for Christ on your job than doing your best. And they may ask, man, because especially today it sticks out like a sore thumb. Say, man, why do you work so hard? Take it easy. I'm, you know, opportunity. I'm, I'm doing it for the Lord. The Lord's watching what I'm doing. I'm doing my best for Jesus. See, your hard work tells a story of honesty. Responsibility. You have an internal, listen to me, you have an internal leader, the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be told outside. Your words then make a more powerful statement about the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God chooses to use busy people. Your pastor here is a hard worker. I've been around him long enough to know he's a busy man. I've always said this, ministry is never boring. There's no time to be. I mean, it's so busy. And the, your preacher's wife back there, she works hard. I'm sure many of you work hard, but remember how important it is to testify in all that we do that it reflects upon the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you.